You're listening to the Owls AmeriCast, sponsored by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Sign up now at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. It's Groundhog Day here on Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. Not literally, because it's October, not February, but it seems like we watched the same two games this week. To cover that and other Wednesday news, I'm, of course, your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and today I am drinking a baggage coffee porter from Boondoggle Beers, which is a fairly new microbrew that popped up actually in my hometown of Wethersfield, Connecticut. It is dry bean conditioned over Sumatra mandeling beans roasted in Connecticut. Um, it's a bog standard, but perfectly fine coffee porter. It's nice. It's like not like sometimes you get there's not like overly roasty. It's actually pretty well balanced. It's a little a uh, little light on the palate for me. I like my porters have a little more uh, syrup to them. Joining us in Jersey, it is the always syrupy sweet Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Oh, thank you, Jeff. Um, I'm I've got like this uh, sought after beer that I didn't even know about until my friend brought it down from Vermont. It is, is the, Topper. Uh, it's the other one. I say <laughs> yeah. it's Focal Banger. Ah, yeah, okay. So Heady Topper, you brought me two, you brought me two Heady Topper and two Focal Bangers. Well, actually, you brought me four of each, and we drank four of them on uh, Monday night, and we it was absolutely one of the worst hangovers ever had in our life. Tuesday morning, Patty. It was not good. Um, so, um, yes, yeah, so and I've got the focal banger. It's, it's, it's very hoppy. It's very dry. I won't not say I would queue up for my, for miles to get this. Um, but it's an experience. I suppose it's quite well put together beer. What do you think to it? You're the uh, beer snob. I don't like like the sort of the drier resinier IPAs personally, like the, what is it? Plenty of the elder and heady topper and some of the more famous ones. There's a little too much for me. Like I like, yeah. like they're fine. Like I like a good. You know, my IPAs, I'll do like the juicy New England style for a for a change of pace every once in a while. And I think the main beer company IPAs are a little bit better balanced in terms of the overall hop flavor, the way it sort of interacts with the citrus and the kind of herbaceous notes you can get as well. But like sort of the real big like palate bruisers are not my my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, that's that's my point of view too. I'm more into the juice, the juice box type uh, New England <laughs> IPAs. The, the mimosas. Like, yeah, like mimosas. Um, this is very very dry, um, but yeah, I mean, give it a try. It's supposed to be uh, one of the best beers in the world, isn't it? The heady top over and the focal banger. Hmm. Never very dry on this podcast in Ohio. It's Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking tonight? For me, it's a uh, New Riff single barrel special hmm. uh, bourbon. Uh, New Riff is a a distillery in northern Kentucky. It's it's fairly new, um, but pretty popular right now. Tough to get in northwest Ohio. And I got lucky, kind of uh, stumbled across it as I waited outside the doors at, at a local liquor store at 9 a.m. on Monday, which uh, the, the crowd waiting outside the doors on those days are uh, quite interesting. Were so, you just loitering um, or are you anyways, there specifically to get the bourbon? Well, so so they get shipments on Monday mornings, right. and if you're not there on Monday morning, then you don't get the good stuff. You know, they'll get six bottles of Blanton's or six right, bottles right, of E.H. Okay. Taylor or whatever, and if you're not there early, you don't get what they what they have. 
And so that was the best one they had that day. And I grabbed it, and it's good. It's it's actually a a fairly. It, it's hard to come by a, a bourbon that is smooth but also hits you hard. Mm-hmm. Um, this is 115 proof, and that will hit you hard for all. Yeah, but for all the all the hundred plus proof uh, bourbons I've ever had, this is one of the more smooth ones. Uh, Weller Antique, the 107 proof, is uh, is up there as well. But um, big fan, big fan of the new roof, new riff single barrel. Yeah, uh, doing ourselves this week. Do you have an IPA take while we're here? IPA take? Yeah. No. All right. Fair enough. No. Well, no hopefully- IPAs for me tonight. Hopefully you will have some takes on these two Wednesday games. Two games, two similar performances, four points. We'll also cover some rather thin Wednesday news, which is mostly injury news. We will have a dispatches from American Soccer, so we can all laugh at Patty. And we will preview the upcoming match against Leeds United this weekend. A uh, 7 a.m. special here on the East Coast, always our, our favorites. We will start with 180 minutes and 90 seconds, which is really... 90 minutes and 90 seconds because they were the same match. Wednesday 1, Cardiff 1, a cold, rainy night in Wales. Who would have thunk it? The wet weather did not bother Wednesday all that much in the first half as they put the lash to a mediocre Neil Warnock Cardiff side, getting a nice little goal on a flick on from Julian Borner, showing he can also uh, chip in on the opposing box as well as his own defensive box. Probably should have had two, probably should have had three, maybe should have had four before halftime. Of course, that would definitely not come back to haunt Wednesday. We spent most of the second half seeing how many of their nine outfield players, other than Stephen Fletcher, they could fit in their own penalty box. Cardiff pretty much had the better of possession in the second half. I think I saw a graphic at some point that said the last 10 minutes, Wednesday had been the attacking third 4% of the time. Uh, But you can't really argue with the ultimate result, if you can, even if you can argue with the foul that led to it. A nice free kick piece from the Bluebirds gets them a admittedly deserved point, although Wednesday's performance was more the reason for that than anything else. Which takes us on to Tuesday night, which was a cold, not particularly rainy night in Sheffield. Much the same, except Stoke was worse and Wednesday were also worse. Okay, first half. A couple chances they maybe should have put away. But eventually Massimo Luongo gets in and finishes against the keeper one-on-one. And in short order, the second half plays out much the same. Except Stoke have even less cutting edge than Neil Warnock's Cardiff, which is saying something. And Wednesday managed to see out seven minutes of stoppage time on the edge of our seats, or maybe we we're just on the edge of our seats because we'd fallen asleep on our desks at that point wherever we were watching the game. But regardless, a 1-0 win. And as we start this podcast, Patty, Wednesday's third in the table. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe, right? We haven't played like we're third in the table. It's been a bit um, patchy and scrappy at times. Um, but I think that's this league at the moment, right? So... I just feel that it's probably deserved because you can only beat what's put in front of you. And we have won seven games, I think, so far and lost four, right, and drawn two. Um, so it's not necessarily third-place form, but in this current league, it is, so we'll take it. Yeah, they say the uh, table never lies, or is it the opposite of that? I don't remember. But 
It's weird, man. Like, this does not feel like... A, I know Wednesday have been historically slow starters in the, I guess we'll call it more broadly, the Delphon Chancery era. And it still feels like it's kind of been a slow start, so the difference is they're in third instead of, like, 10th, Evan. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a strange league in general, right? We, we have... We have the most wins in the league. We're tied. Actually, the top four teams in the table have the most wins, which makes sense, right? Seven wins. Um, our goal differential, we're fourth in goal differential. Um, so those are the, the things that matter the most, right? Wins and goal differential, obviously. You are the stat A couple man. draws in there is, is nice. But, but it, it just seems like the league maybe this year is just so competitive that Everyone kind of looks sloppy at times, but everyone looks sloppy at times. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's not just us. We keep talking, and anytime I hate to single him out, but anytime we have James on, he's just <laughs> he, he's fairly pessimistic no, you about say it. it's our true. performance and and how things went, and and rightfully so. All of his points are are well taken and, and very fair, but we continue to get results, and I think. After 13 matches played, you have to realize like that that's a big enough sample size. I know that's a baseball term, baseball stat term, but that that's a big enough sample size to um, really determine that that we are possibly a top six team based on the performance of the rest of the league. You know, you look over at I, I love WhoScored.com. Okay, it's a it's a great web that they keep track of possession, passing percentage, a couple other minuscule stats, or obscure stats rather. And they have they somehow have like a club rating. And I really I've I've tried so hard to figure out what the club rating entails and how they calculate it. And I can't. But according to the club ratings for the championship, Leeds is first, Wednesday are second, tied with Bristol City. Um, and it's 6.84 for Leeds, 6.79 for us in Bristol City. Um, you, who knows what that entails, but I do trust we scored overall as a, an overall stat-keeping website. And it's just, no one, there's not a ton of separation. You know, we're 6.79, uh, Fulham and Forest are 6.78, West Brom and Charlton 6.76. I mean, it's just like everyone's so close right now, and... and so is the table. So, you know, yeah, sure. We don't look, we don't look like a, a Premier League team when we're out there, but we do look like a, a formidable championship side, which might not be pretty at times. But we're third in the table after 13 matches played, and a chance to get to second, maybe even first, um, a- after Saturday's match. I mean, I watched Arsenal on Monday, where at least as good as they are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's interesting. Uh, you're right, uh, Patty. You only you can only beat who's in front of you, and Wednesday have done that more often than not. We haven't played Leeds yet. First meetings on the weekend. West Brom's about a month from now. The two teams ahead of them in the table. But I can't think of a team this year that they've played so far, and they've played you know over half of the championship, where I've said, oh, they look like they look like a even a good team like Fulham were classy, but not particularly effective all in all. I think that's sort of borne out in the rest of their season thus far and all the other teams. Like there was never a game where you didn't think Wednesday could get at them, which is saying something for a team that's only scored 18 goals in 13 games. 
Well, it's because, right, so most of the games we've lost this year is either down to the referee or our own doing. It hasn't really necessarily been to a great team that's outplayed us. And someone mentioned in the group uh, earlier on today that I don't think there's six teams or five teams that are better than us currently that we've seen. But what's more worrying for me is there's 12 teams that are about the same as us. So that's, I think, more dangerous than having five teams that are better than us. It's just that everyone is the same almost in the top half and anything can happen. But that's also where we kind of like the championship, right? So yeah. I think we'll be there or thereabouts because the, everyone else is not as bad or not as good as we are. And it's just about having some kind of consistency. I, I think that you're absolutely right. There are so many teams that are, are um, j- the same as us. And we have only scored 18, which in terms of the championship is not that many. I mean, Fulham have scored 20, uh, West Brom 24, Preston. Preston, of all people, have scored 24. Or all teams have scored 24. So I, I wonder, and this may bring up a whole conversation that we're not even willing to have right now. Um, I wonder if we pull the trigger in January and say, look, there's nothing that sets us apart from these 12 players or 12 other 12 teams. And maybe we, we overspend on, I don't want to say a Jordan Rhodes type player, but a Jordan Rhodes type situation where it's like, Hey, we're going to spend a bunch of money on this striker. That's going to help us score goals. And it's going to help us uh, be set apart from, from these other teams. Cause our defensive record is, is absolutely fantastic. And if you start adding goals to our tally, uh, you know, I, th- I think that will set us apart and will make us uh, a top three or four team. I settle for not having to hold off Nervy 1-0 wins home against Stoke, personally. So any uh, offensive firepower that can help with that will be uh, duly accepted. We should actually go to our talking points from the Cardiff-Stoke matches. And Patty, you want to talk about the defense and the high press. Yeah, because I thought both of these matches, uh, we started off fantastically uh, pressing the team. Um, and we do it really well. It's something we haven't done a great deal of that I can remember. Uh, and it's there's a lot of energy when you first in that first half. So everyone's involved. So not just the defence pressing the, the attackers, it's the midfield. Reach has been covering every blade of grass. He gets a lot of sticks still for... Um, maybe not being as productive as he should be, but he did put a lot of effort in the last couple of games. Um, same goes for uh, Luongo, who I think has been fantastic last two games. I gave him stake last week. But um, he's been great. Just a lot of energy, a lot of different um, people getting involved. Harris is tracking back really well too, covering his fullback. So I think that press, and Fletcher too, Fletcher's like a defender as well. So everyone being involved, the whole team being a defensive unit is fantastic. But I also want to call out the last two games, uh, every single one of the defenders. Um, I think Palmer was probably the weakest link on Friday night against Cardiff, but still did okay. Um, I offer Berner and, and Fox. The last two games have been absolutely rock solid. Uh, Fox has been singled out today's game uh, for, I think, for his uh, defensive performance as well as some of his balls into the box. His left foot, can I just give his left foot a call out? He's putting some great balls into the box, Morgan Fox. He, um, he made two great passes in the last two games. Um, have we unearthed a new Chris Brunt? Who knows? Uh, but even so, uh, he needs a bit of a, a shout out. Uh, he's he's um, come on like leaps and bounds. And there was a, if you look at the beginning of the Cardiff highlights, um, he actually out muscled somebody at the Cardiff game, which I don't think I've ever seen him do. He actually got in someone's face and like just bushed them out of the way. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he actually got, yeah, he got aggressive. He was 
He was um, uh, proactive. He was fantastic coming down the wing. So massive shout out to Morgan Fox. Um, he's come on leaps and bounds. Hopefully he keeps it up. Uh, Ayafa and Burner, lots of praise always about Burner for that season. But Ayafa's been the kind of quiet partner in this. And for me, uh, he's been fantastic uh, today and uh, on Friday too. Just absolute rock. He's he, when you think he's beat, he'll somehow manage to get his leg wrapped around the uh, attacker and make a last ditch tackle. He's uh, he just never gives up. So um, yeah, hats off to the defence. That's what's making it so hard to beat at the moment. We're very competitive. Um, I'm sure someone will talk about how maybe in the second half of those two games we haven't looked as competitive. But for at least for the first 50 to 60 minutes, it's been pretty good. Why might there be some second half struggles, Evan Skilter? Yeah, it, it just seems like when we get to the last 20 minutes, maybe even 25 minutes, and we have we have the lead, it doesn't just seem like it. I mean, it, it is the case. We just freak out. I mean, it's like we, we completely lose our heads. And part of that may be just not in the last year and a half or so, not being used to playing from in front at the end. But we're giving terrible fouls. T- today... Bannon just ran straight into the back of somebody because he just seemed like he was uh, uh, he was just so so scared and nervous. He Iorfa, I think it was Iorfa was was coming up to defend kind of casually, like in, in a good spot. And Bannon was just losing his mind and ran right through the back of somebody, gave up a, a free kick in a bad position. Um, obviously, two two matches ago against Cardiff, we gave up the free kick, a couple free kicks toward the end, and then the one that that. Uh, you know, level things. So, I I don't know how to fix it. I don't know if that comes with just experience. And the more matches we play from ahead, the the better we get. But uh, it's definitely been really, really difficult and frustrating to watch. Just the way we we seem to forget that, uh, or our players seem to forget that they're professional footballers and they just lose their minds. One thing I noticed that Stoke did today really effectively in the last half an hour was start to press them like we pressed them. So, And that really kind of made us uh, stressed that we've given up balls, like you said, giving up silly fouls too. Uh, so if when people start to catch on to that, that could prove tricky for us in the whole 90 minutes. We don't like it when people do the same. Uh, t- I mean, who likes being pressed that high anyway? Uh, but I'm saying that, that we didn't cope with everyone in the last 20 minutes of both those games. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was any, like... We come back to not having that sort of midfield pivot that can just break up play, get the ball back, and make like a simple pass outlet to a wing or to a fullback. You know, Hutch isn't really that. I mean, he's very good at breaking up play. God knows he will uh, throw a tackle in there, but his distribution, especially short, like he has a Hollywood ball in him every once in a while, but he's not like a very sort of metronomic defensive midfielder. And Bannon likes to freelance a little bit, and he's not really the the physical type for that role. So I don't really know how they counteract that. Um, it sort of ties in with my point, which is sort of who is Gary Monk and what are his tactics? Um, Wednesday had 48% possession at home today against Stoke. And I know a lot of that was the last half hour to 45 minutes when they were trying to you know, see the game out and we're dropping deeper and like pretty much inviting Stoke to attack as they liked. I mean, they only really got one more or less clear cut chance out of it and forced Cameron Dawson into a nice save. But it's just, I don't know if it's like, it's working. They're having success. It's not particularly entertaining a lot of the time, 
but I also can't separate it out if it's the tactics don't fit the players or if the players just aren't quite good enough in the final attacking third or quite solid enough in the defensive half to really make any of these wins comfortable. I think I'm going to give Monk the benefit of the doubt here and, and say he's still working on things. He seems to be repeating that mantra in every interview at the moment is that we've got a lot to work on still, uh, both offensively and defensively. So I, th- I still want to give him, he's still got time to uh, build this team and make them better. But while we're winning games scrappily or getting the points away from home at a tough uh, stadium, then I, don't, I think everyone's got to kind of give him time to uh, to improve. I think you're right. I think that w- one thing is apparent, and, and it's that our wingers and, and our wing backs have had some freedom, um, and they've seemed to play a little more loose and, and confidently. Uh, I know offensively, Palmer's looked pretty good. Defensively, he's been okay. Morgan Fox, like Patty mentioned earlier, ha- has actually looked really, really good, um, sending some great crosses. And obviously, the two wingers, even Reach on the right side, has looked. Uh, pretty formidable. It, it just seems like we're, we're not finishing very well. We're sending balls into the box, and um, you know it's just right now really just Fletcher up there. Um, and so I, I do think that's been a point of emphasis is getting the ball uh, up the sides. I just don't know once we get past that point if we're really on the same page. It does seem like Fletcher ends up isolated in the box a lot. So even when those crosses are coming in, it's one against three. And Cardiff and Stoke both have these sort of proper English back lines, which is big, tall, lumpy dudes that can jump a little bit. And it's very difficult to break down. Right. Cardiff and Neil Warnock's side is always going to be fairly difficult to break down. Stoke, they had better opportunities, especially in the first half against Cardiff. And they've had certainly games where they've had more cohesive and complete performances in these two but it's like i said this isn't a knock on monk per se you know i don't think he's got his ideal lineup yet um i don't think he's he's kind of getting his hand forced for team selection to a certain extent based on injuries and form like at this point you can't believe i'm going to say this but you can't really drop like morgan fox there's not like a, a left back option there so well, he brought in Fox to take over from Palmer, right? So he's, he saw something in Odebayo and uh, moved Palmer to the right-hand side. Uh, but Adebayo's not injured, as far as I'm aware, right? No, he's it's been on the bench. A, yeah, it's a tactical yeah, decision. He was move. on the bench today. Yeah, so it's tactical. So he, he's obviously noted Fox has been playing well and thought that Palmer would do a better job on the right-hand side. So, I mean, I think the last two games where he's played that formation, we've actually been pretty solid at those positions. Palmer argument, argue, arguably had a bad game against Cardiff, but didn't really... Um, make us suffer for it. Um, it was just a, a terrible refereeing decision and a terrible uh, cheat uh, doing star jumps in a penalty spot that made us lose a, a point that game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's some of the influence you can say. It's funny how uh, another manager come in and brought back in Palmer and Fox at fullbacks uh, after, after buying uh, essentially I offer and uh, another buyout to uh, cover those positions pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, the last two games has certainly not given me any kind of uh, concerns to keep them in starting 11. And again, somehow this team is in third place. For now, we'll take a break and we come back. We'll have more news about your, once again, 
third place Sheffield Wednesday team. Now it's time for some Wednesday news, which is mostly injury news. Kieran Westwood picked up a knock in the pregame against Cardiff and missed both of this week's fixtures, but it does seem like he might be available for selection come Saturday against Leeds. Patty, there was a question that posed in the New York Owls WhatsApp group today on if Dawson should be the number one keeper. This is a really good chat, actually, and we didn't mention this in our um, wrap-up, so let's, let's bring in Dawson's performance over the last two, day, last two games. Because um, as Monk pointed out in the post-match interview today, uh, he had about five minutes or ten minutes to prepare for the uh, start against Cardiff because Westy got injured in the train. Um, so uh, he came in cold um, and did pretty much uh, a great job other than for one instance, which is where he was, which is a free kick, which he let in, which is, I would say, poor positioning, but to give the benefit of doubt, he was kind of trying to get the linesman's attention to point to the fool and the penalty spot, jumping up and down uh, in front of him uh, and failed at doing that and failed to stop at the free kick too. So other than that, he made two really good saves. So it was a header from um, Gatsel, which was going to the bottom corner, he, he palmed out onto a corner. And then there was a fantastic save, which was an absolute smash of a shot in the bottom left-hand corner. They had to get down really quick too, and he, he did that too. Uh, against Cardiff. We could have lost that game coming for Dawson. And uh, same similar today uh, against Stoke, he uh, point-blank header that went down to his uh, left, bottom left again. Uh, I don't know how he saves that. It's a uh, fantastic reflex to get down that fast. So, yeah, he's put a massive shout in. But at the end of the day, uh, Westwood's better. Yeah, <laughs> as simple right. as that. With <laughs> uh, uh, Alan Biggs said this this uh, uh, on Twitter earlier on, we shouldn't necessarily compare them both. Westwood is an experienced goalkeeper and can marshal the defence. He's got a good rapport with the defence. We do seem more solid with him in there. Um, but it's fantastic to have uh, Cameron Dawson's backup. Um, but at the moment, that's all that he is. And until Westwood uh, deteriorates, then he's going to be number one. And I mean, he's a good backup to have, too, given Westwood's fitness issues over the last two to three seasons, too. You know, you, when, you, when he does go down and uh, pre-game warm-ups, which happened a couple times in the last year or so, you don't, there's not like this sense of panic because you know that Dawson has extensive first-team experience at this point. You know, he's not just the cup goalkeeper and he can, he can come in and do a job. And he's a very good shot stopper. I think it's part of his game that's uh, equal to Westwood's and his distribution at times might even be a little bit better. But yeah, as you said, it's, Westwood is a, you know, a fifth defenseman in a way, um, a fifth defender. He really does sort of organize that back line, I think, commands and marshals the the team in a way that Dawson, again, as a young keeper, uh, isn't able to do yet. You know, you know, for the long term, I think you want Westwood in there, but you're also not too, too worried when he misses a week here or there. Missing more than a week or two at this point is Tom Lees, who has now been ruled out until November with his hip injury. Evan, this is another one where you know, it'd be nice to have Tom Lee's in the squad, but the center back pairing seems to be working out okay. Yeah, I mean, great defensive record here in the the last couple of matches. Um, great to have our our captain back, right? But how big of a I hate to I hate to say it like this so bluntly, but how big of a loss is it really at this point? 
I mean, I think there's still value in having him him in there, which I think would allow us to shift Iorfa over to right back, where I think he's been quite good at center back, but I kind of like his marauding sort of two-way play on the on the wing a little bit more. Um, I think it just gives him a little more tactical and positional flexibility than what they have right now. The fact that they actually have three legitimate first-choice center backs for this level is probably a good thing, Patty. Totally. Um, I don't think... Whereas when Wesley comes back, he gets straight into number one. I'm not sure that Tom Lees can do that. Um, that's no slight on Tom Lees. I think Lees has been fine since Bonus come back in this season. He had definitely had a bad season last season, Tom Lees. But um, I think him and Berner play pretty well together. But also, I offer and Berner play really well together too. It's, it's really tough, this one. I wouldn't be disappointed if Lees came back into it. Um, and it would be harsh on I offer definitely. I offer still scares me a little bit. He's done fantastic. But he's definitely got a mistake in him. Uh, he's managed to get away with it most of the time. A few times he's caught out of position. I don't think Lees does that as much. But also, I offers a much bigger presence back there. So he's got more kind of uh, dyna- dynamic kind of um, strength back there too. So, like I say, I, I think I'll let uh, Monk make that decision rather than myself. You know what's interesting is that uh, Steve Bruce must have been a little bit worried about center back depth just because he brought in David Bates on um, on loan. But but we haven't seen David Bates once, have we? Not even in a cup he, match. I think he might have played in one of the cup games early. Yeah, he played one cup game, hey. I think. Maybe against Rotherham? Was that in the cup? Yeah, it might have been Rotherham. It just seemed like he was a guy that we should get excited about. And all, all of a sudden, it's... Like he might not even be selected before Thornley. So, um, you know, like we said, great defensive record. And uh, it's just nice to know we, we do have some depth there in case some uh, some injuries hit later in the year. Um, it's been defense that has kind of propelled us to this third place spot in the table. And uh, it's really nice. Also, Steve Bruce, who's that? I don't remember that name. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's that shark in Finding Nemo, the uh-huh. one at the... Yeah. We now we have some United manager. dispatches from American soccer. And this is mostly if Hattie's already shaking his head at me. Um, Hattie, did you watch the Red Bulls, was it eight goal thriller against the Philadelphia Union in the MLS playoffs? Uh, yes, Jeff. Um, Do you watch all watch 120 it. minutes? Yeah, uh, it went to 120 minutes too long. Um, the season in total went too long. It went too long. It should have done. We were, this is a problem with MLS, right? Because a bad team like Red Bulls, who've been bad all year, uh, can still get into the playoffs uh, and extend their misery even further. Uh, and it looked like for a while it might have um, uh, fluked uh, a win thanks to the Philadelphia goalkeeper who basically just gave us three goals. Um, but obviously the Red Bulls continued to Red Bull uh, for the next 60 minutes. So... Um, and lost to Philadelphia. And, and Jeff, do you want to do the whole reason why you put this into the agenda? What's the stat that you want to mention? So Red Bulls have lost 10 times in the playoffs consecutively <laughs> to 10 different teams. <laughs> yeah, 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 do you want to talk about the Jets as well? That's going to be a great, it's gonna be a great weekend for me. Let's talk about the uh, Greenville Triumph instead, Patty. I'm going to start Greenville Triumph. So Greenville Triumph is a USL League One team, which is like the Division Two of... Uh, American soccer. Um, Division three, Division three, right? USL League. There's the USL Championship y- too. Yeah. Championship. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So this yeah. is technically like League One in England. It's also <laughs> called USL League One. So that's how you remember, Patty. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. I think that was the USL Championship as well. Uh, the reason why this is important is John Harks is the manager of Greenville Triumph, um, friend of the pod. And uh, the, uh, they lost in the last game uh, to finish second place. But I think they finished in the first season he was in charge, like way down the league. So he's had a massive season. Johnny Arks this year in Greenwich Time. So congratulations to John. Uh, and I hope you can take over the uh, Red Bulls job when Chris Amos gets sacked. Now we will move on to our match preview. And it is a breakfast time thriller. Two versus three against our old friends at Leeds United. Evan, do you have some stats for us? First of all, to be fair, 10 a.m. is also breakfast time uh, for me, at least. <laughs> but yeah, 7, 7.45 AM kickoff is a bit early for me, but I'll be up. Uh, Leeds, yeah, I mean, second in the table right now. They haven't, I guess, no one in the championship has had a great run of form lately, but um, they, they did draw today to Preston. They beat Birmingham uh, three days ago, 1-0. They lost to Millwall and also were down to 11 men, lost to Millwall 2-1, beat West Brom 1-0, and then before that they lost to Charlton and tied Darby. So, you know, it's just the normal championship form, if you will, at this point. They're they're just okay. Uh, according to whoscored.com, which I recommend everyone check out, it's not even a, uh, an ad or a sponsorship. Uh, it's just literally me respecting whoscored.com. Uh, Leeds have the best rating. Again, I'll, I'll figure out that what goes into that at some point, but... Uh, Possession-wise in the championship, Leeds are second with 59.9%. Uh, to put that in perspective, Sheffield Wednesday are actually down at 46.8%. Uh, Leeds passing percentage is good for third in the championship at 81.1%. Wednesday down at 17th at 72.6%. So, you know, they're a good squad. And I think this is one of those, uh, one of those matches where... You know, we've just played some mediocre opponents lately, and we've done pretty well. Well, now we have a good test and maybe a good uh, a good measuring stick after Saturday morning. Um, as far as goals scored, Patrick Bamford is a guy that you know we've heard plenty from in the last few years in the championship. He scored four goals to lead the team. Eddie Nikitia, Nikitia, never even heard of him. Um, he's got okay, okay. He's got three goals. Uh, second in, in the team, and then Pablo Hernandez with two and two assists. So uh, a couple other guys have one and two goals. You know, their goal each match is to get the ball to Bamford. Um, he, he's the, the cent- center of their offense and uh, center of their success right now. So, um, yeah, it should be... It, it should be a good match. It'll be an interesting one, if nothing else. They do have the best defensive record in the championship as well. They've only given up eight goals. Um, you know, we've only given up ten, which is good for for second, tied with uh, Nottingham Forest with ten. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're, we're right now we're pretty similar teams, pretty similar form, um, and you know, two and three in the table right now chance for us to get up to two or even to one depending on what West Brom does and so I'm really looking forward to it I would think that uh, th- this could be a 0-0 or 1-1 match um, 
I'd obviously love to see when I think we could, but I think they're sitting at home saying the, the exact same thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be KG and both teams are going to set up a little bit conservatively. You might need a strong coffee down at the football factory this week, Patty. Yeah, I'm going to load up on uh, caffeine as I go into it and uh, get a bacon sandwich as well to keep me going. So, yeah, if you are in New York this weekend, come down to the football factory. Uh, we will be there. We're trying to uh, get some uh, pies to keep us going through uh, as, as incentives come down at 7.30 in the morning. So Paul is in charge of pie sourcing. Um, but overall, in the match, I, I think it's obviously a massive dangerous tie. It's probably the best team we've played this year. Uh, what worries me is this Eddie Nkataya from Arsenal because he's uh, he hasn't played much this season, yet he's sorry scored three goals. Uh so my Arsenal friend has been uh, bugging me all season to keep an eye out for him because he reckons he's the, the bee's knees. Uh, and there's rumours going around that if he doesn't play more for Leeds, then he's going to go on loan to Bristol. So he's uh, he's wanted in the Championship. I think he's a, a good player. Uh, and if Bamford is slowing down in his goal scoring and Nikita is speeding up, we uh, should be pretty worried to see him come off the bench tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, sorry. Do we have any other business? We do. Uh, we have um, the meetup. I mentioned at New York. We also meet up in Finn McCool's. That's in New Orleans. Uh, they're going to be staying open all the way through the night for the Rugby World Cup. So if you're in New Orleans and you want an entire night out watching rugby on Wednesday, you can do that. <laughs> that's. Um, I mean, when, if I was in New Orleans, that would be my first thought. <laughs> if I was going to be up all night in that city. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. Um, so uh, get down to New Orleans and Finn McCool's and meet Jamie and the gang. Uh, the other thing I had left on the agenda today was uh, an update on the War of the Monster Trucks fanzine. Uh, I got mine on Saturday, uh, and no, on Friday from James at the meetup, uh, and I spent Saturday morning having a good read and a coffee on the sofa. It was fantastic. So uh, this is the fanzine we managed to secure uh, plenty of copies of and sent out a bunch already. I believe James has sent a few out already to our American uh, fans. Uh, we currently have 10 copies remaining, uh, and they're still available if you want to contact us uh, on our email, owlsamerica.gmail.com. They are $5 uh, for postage and packaging and the magazine itself. And any uh, profit goes back to uh, Sheffield charities like Blue Bell, Blue Bell Charity, I think, and a few others that, um, that my fanzine is sponsoring. So uh, give us a shout out. Five bucks, you get a wonderful fanzine um, and a lot of articles about the history of Wednesday, a lot of articles about uh, our worst period in time, which was thought was pretty funny. And then a few like funny little uh, comics here and there too. Let me reiterate: five dollars for a very, very great magazine. I got mine actually yesterday. My wife didn't tell me till today, so I read some of it today. Um, it, it's fantastic. It's it, it's completely worth the money. It's worth more than the money you're going to pay. Um, so get a hold of us. It's an excellent, excellent uh, piece of Wednesday literature. You can't even get a foot long sub for that anymore. Yeah, what's up with that? You're listening to episode 81 of the Owls AmeriCast, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's I Follow Live Match Streaming Service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com, email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com, and find and follow us on Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdays, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. 
Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Miracast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Evan is on Twitter, at Ohio Owl. Evan, can you just briefly describe the crowd outside a liquor store at Monday at 9 a.m.? Yeah. Um, boy. Are they your friends? Got... No, I, I didn't talk to any of them. Um, <laughs> most of, the, most of the, the women that were there, they remind me of too. what I pictured the the witch from Hansel and Gretel look like. Uh, Wait, did you leave breadcrumbs for you to get to the liquor store? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it's something else. Patty's on Twitter, at New York Owls, and at Patty A. Jones. Patty, what's the uh, what's the Leeds crowd like on a Saturday morning at Football Factory? <laughs> you know, they've been a bit quiet recently. They've, uh, like ourselves, I think they suffer from the amount of games they can watch. So they only come down um, uh, for all the big games. So hopefully they'll be there again. They usually bring a good crowd. Like, we, we, use, we use our biggest crowds against Leeds, despite the 7.30 kickoff. So... They're gnarly, they're loud, they're a little bit um, aggressive, but uh, usually there's no trouble. Uh, so come on down and uh, give us some numbers against the leads. Sounds a bit similar to the crowd outside the liquor store <laughs> on Monday morning. probably all Leeds fans, mate. And I'm on Twitter at Jeff Fatterdastro, and we'll see you back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>